0: Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. Today is the 2nd of March, 2021, and I'm your host, David Castle, a.k.a. Homage the Lion Killer. Uh, Thanks a lot for tuning in. Hope you're doing well out there, and happy March to you. Finally, finally into March. Weather's warming up, and things are looking good, at least for the weather, it's not so frozen in Texas anymore. That's a good thing, right? They must have shut off the the freezeometer or whatever they're using over there to make it so cold, whatever type of technology they're employing against the Texans. But where I'm in, uh it's good. It's it's not too bad. It's a little chilly, but but not too bad. Now, I got some cool stuff lined up for you today. I got a bunch of clips that I'm going to play um that I stole from the No Agenda Show just makes it so much easier. I just realized they they put all their uh like TV clips on on the internet for anyone to take and use so. So I'm using them. Shout out to the No Agenda Show cuz they find some cool stuff. And uh this first clip is from our president, President Joe Biden. Um And just listen to what he says here. This is our president. Think about this. This is the president of the free world. Listen to him right here.
1: Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli. uh, uh, Excuse me, Pinell. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And.
0: Ah, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. Yeah, you are, Joe. You're too old to be president. You're, you're going, you're senile. You have dementia. So, it's just funny, man. You could do that all day with, just look at one of his speeches and pull like a hundred clips of just him saying things that don't make sense, slurring his words, sounding like an idiot. And this is the president of the United States. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Donald Trump was nothing to write home about, but at least he could talk. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. <clears throat> but he's building back better, as he said he would, and diplomacy is back, and America's back, and, uh, well, take it for a America
1: from is back. America is back. Diplomacy is back.
2: I'm at O'Keefe in Washington tonight. U.S. officials confirm airstrikes on multiple sites in Syria linked to Iranian-backed militias. The Pentagon says the strike was carried out in response to recent rocket attacks on locations in Iraq, where U.S. troops and personnel are located. Diplomacy is back.
0: Yes, sir. Diplomacy is back, motherfucker. About to blow your ass up, fucking Syrians. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? And uh, just back to normal. You know, They he, we were promised $2,000. Didn't get that. Uh, and then they said it would be $1,400. Still haven't gotten that. But immediately bomb Syria. And uh, get that going again as kind of a proxy war with Iran to eventually go to war with them, maybe? Is that how things are looking? I don't know. Only time will tell. But just back to the same old shit. Um, fucking yeah, they it's just what they do. The government, the United States government. Um, I don't even think the president has as much power as they make it seem like. I think he's just a front man, um, to make it seem like people have a choice, like the ordinary citizen has somewhat of a say in what happens with the government. But it's not true, it's just it doesn't work like that. Voting doesn't work. And if it did, they wouldn't let us do it. And that's why they divide us on such, I don't know, seemingly important issues. But in the grand scheme of what they're actually doing, these divisive issues are not as important as um, some other shit they're doing. Like, like bombing countries and getting people into wars and, and murdering people on a massive scale. And just all the crazy shit that the government does... Regardless of who, who is president, uh, the, the presidency is something that it's like a mind control fucking position. It's so weird. And yeah, just business as usual. They lie to you and they kill poor people in uh, in the Middle East or, or wherever else. So diplomacy is back. And uh, I hope you guys are all happy with that. All the Biden supporters and the Trump supporters, right? I mean, it's the same shit, isn't it? And it's interesting to think about, like, going back to issues like 9-11, what really got us into the wars in the Middle East. But you can even go back before that and think about Desert Storm when George Bush Sr. went and invaded Iraq originally uh, to go fuck up Saddam and do all that shit. And then George Bush Jr. came in and continued that with with 9-11 because 9-11 happened right after young Georgie got in there, and then he went and finished the job that his pop started. And we're still there to this day, as well as Afghanistan. And billions and billions and billions of dollars have been spent, countless lives lost, um, both American soldiers and many, many civilians uh, in these countries too, as well as the lingering birth defects that happen in cities like Fallujah, um, where kids are born with like three arms and like, it's really horrific stuff um, because of the, the depleted uranium that was used in the initial attack on Fallujah and other cities in Iraq, where they were just blowing them up with these crazy fucking like, nuclear weapon type things, and they cause birth defects, and there's all these babies that are born all fucked up. It's really sad. So this is what America does. And it doesn't really matter who's president. And people really need to break out of that left-right dichotomy because it's just its just not real. Um, people get so passionate when it comes to election season and they think it really matters and, like, something's going to change and, you know, this guy cares about us or whatever or this guy's racist and <laughs> and this guy's slightly less racist. And they divide us by these, like, I don't know, man. These kind of insignificant issues when you look at the the broader picture of what's going on. For example, you could take the military spending budget and the hundreds of billions of dollars that get allocated to the military and the military industrial complex for these bombs and planes and tanks and missiles and all of this crazy technology that most of it will never even be used, but it's all bought and paid for. It all goes to the to the military-industrial complex who they're buying it from. So they get filthy rich by it, and um, you got to use some of it, so you have to have a war, and then you go over there, and you fucking you blow up some people in Syria. You go blow up a wedding or something. Um, so when you look at that and how much money gets spent on that type of shit, which does nobody any good... But they brainwash you into thinking that it's doing something, that we're in danger, that uh, there's all of these terrorist groups who are coming to get us and they can attack us at any time. And and then you have the whole narrative of what it means to be in the military and um, that everyone in the military is automatically a hero and they're just doing God's work basically, which it's it's not really true. And it's sad that so many people get tricked into that. And whenever somebody tells me that they're going to go to the military or something like that, I try to dissuade them from doing that because it's just not a good path. They don't fucking care about you. The government uses you, they chew you up and spit you out, and it's been happening since the dawn of civilization, really. um, America isn't the first empire by any means. It, It was the same shit the Romans did and the Greeks under Alexander the Great and... Napoleon and Genghis Khan and like this shit has been happening forever, and it's always the same, the same type of narrative and the same method of control and indoctrination and propaganda that they use to convince people to sign up uh, for for the military. And a lot of the times, the people who they target will be um, less people who are less well off and they don't really have much of a path in life. Um, to like for things to get better for them they're not really high on the the status fucking chart <laughs> so but when you join the military you get like a nice uniform and and you get some respect you start being treated with respect you have a discount at Denny's and uh i guess for some people that's all it takes now if you went back in history to a time when people literally had nothing and you were like a serf on, um, some royal person's castle land, like you farm potatoes or some shit, and that's all you have, and you're dressed up in some rags, and then some guy offers you, like, a sweet suit of armor and a horse and, and adventures to foreign lands in exchange for your servitude in the military. To a lot of people, that's pretty appealing, and, you fucking go do it and you start getting treated with respect and you have a chance to improve your life. So this is the way that they manipulate people into joining these fighting forces is, you know, you give them some some sort of benefit to it. And it's the same shit that's happening today. You know, this is not new. And it's just sad that people keep falling for the the left-right thing. Like people really hated Donald Trump. And they really thought that Joe Biden was going to change things, and uh, and nothing is going to ch- nothing's changing. You know, it, the only thing that's going to change is going to be for the worst. Uh, for the worst, you know, gas is getting more expensive, and now we could be going to another war in the Middle East, and and just expanding this this fucking crazy shit that's going on with the world. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Joe Biden sucks, and so does Kamala, and so does Donald Trump. They're all bad. Don't fall for it anymore. But uh, regardless of that, we'll move on and talk about what's going on with COVID-19. I got some clips to play. This first one is from, I think it's Australia. And there was this kid who who tested negative for COVID-19 multiple times. And so he took the PCR test, right? The, the faulty PCR test that we've been talking about on here how it was never created to diagnose any type of illness um, or anything like that. And personally, I think that's the exact reason why it was chosen to be the diagnostic test is because of the high rate of false positives so they can have the narrative for COVID-19 because this is something way bigger. And they have to make it seem worse than it is in order to justify everything that's happening right now. So, um, yeah, this kid... Tested negative a few times, and then he tested positive once, <laughs> and then and then now everyone's on lockdown in this whole entire city. So, yeah, check it out.
3: Earlier this afternoon, I was advised of a new case in the South Auckland community. The case is a family member of a student from Toei High School. That could provide a straightforward explanation for this infection, but in this case, it has not. The Papatoetoe High School student in the household has tested negative for COVID-19 on three separate occasions and currently has no symptoms for COVID-19. Based on this, we are in the unfortunate but necessary position of needing to protect Aucklanders once again. That is why Cabinet met this evening and made the decision that Auckland will need to move to Alert Level 3 for a period of seven days. The level three remains the same as you will recall from earlier in the month. That means the main thing we are asking people in Auckland to do is to stay at home.
0: So yeah, you have this one kid who, who tested negative multiple times for COVID-19 and then apparently he tests positive one, one of these times and they locked down the whole place. And I, Uh, I was wrong. It's actually New Zealand. Auckland is in New Zealand and not Australia. And New Zealand has been notorious for their overreaction to this shit. And Auckland has a population of 1.6 million. They're going to lock down all 1.6 million of these people because one kid tested positive for COVID-19 and he's asymptomatic. He's not even sick. And they're going to lock everyone down. Isn't that fucking nuts? It's just crazy, absolutely absolute insanity. Uh, it's New Zealand's New Zealand's largest city, and this is a real thing. I mean, it's it's true. There's 1.6 million people, and they found one case of COVID 19, and they locked down the whole city. And just to build upon this, I have uh, this article from NBC. That says, New New Zealand's largest city, Auckland, goes in lockdown after one new COVID-19 case found. (laughs) We are in the unfortunate but necessary position to protect Aucklanders again, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said. Uh, What absolute complete insanity. One out of 1.6 million people, and he's asymptomatic, and he tested negative multiple times fucking this is i i don't even know i'm kind of speechless at this just absolute it's a huge indication of the absolute stupidity and idiocy that that we have been seeing this last year and new zealand is like the epitome of fucking stupid government people overreacting to some to some bullshit so um yeah wow that's just Absolutely amazing, right there, and I thought I would share that with you because I had some people tell me, you know, like uninformed people, kind of people who don't really do research or like read articles much or try to find out what's going on, but they'll pick up information through through osmosis. They'll they'll kind of just hear things, uh, maybe like rumors or something, and not to say that reading these articles means you're any better informed, but if you've been keeping up with this, you would see that Australia and New Zealand have been taking some pretty hardcore, um like, totalitarian measures in response to COVID-19, and that would suck to live there and have to go through that, but I've had multiple people tell me, like, man, I wish I lived in Australia or New Zealand, because everything's normal down there, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, like, have you looked into this shit, they're going crazy down there. So, yeah, that sucks, man, if you're out in New Zealand. Bummer, dude. Fuck these people. Crazy shit. So, um, uh, this next clip I have is this guy in the UK, and he's trying to go grocery shopping. And he's exempt from wearing the mask. Um, But they want to put a little... So, he's in the grocery store trying to shop for his groceries. He's not wearing his mask, which you don't have to if you're exempt. If you have a medical condition that says you can't wear the mask... You don't have to wear it. And if they ask you what your medical condition is, you don't even have to disclose it. It's nobody's business. And there's laws and, like, the Constitution and shit um, that say that. And it's the same in the UK as it is in the US. You don't have to disclose your medical information to just some random motherfucker. You don't have to do it. You just got to say, I'm exempt. Fuck off. I'm going to buy my shit. Um, But the person in this grocery store is trying to put a sticker on this guy to like be an indicator that, that he's exempt. And the guy's like, I'm not doing this shit. So listen, it's, it's just very strange.
2: So at this point, you're, at this point, you're telling me you are refuse me service because because of my disability. I've explained I have a disability, and you said if I put a sticker on, I can shop, but if I don't put the sticker on, I can't shop. Now can you ta- can you tell me can you tell me the medical benefits the sticker has against coronavirus?
4: You're exempt
2: yes i am fully exempt and yes fully
3: exempt. yeah and
2: i've got a serious uh, mental illness problems right, if you, so i can list them if you
3: want
2: i have to come get my own shop right. and i don't like the idea of other people touching it before it gets to me i've got certain conditions right.
5: so i mean obviously we're just doing our job we're following like guidelines country, yeah, just so doing
2: your job i mean that's nazi germany yeah. we're just they're just doing the job in nazi germany can you yeah. remember when they said that mm-hmm. Nuremberg Trials? Yeah.
0: nazi germany that's where we are folks Ah, uh, it doesn't look like it's getting much better either. I mean, the guy, you know, he's not wearing his mask. I know some people feel some type of way about that, give you dirty looks and whatnot. But some people really can't wear it. Um, and to to be isolated and ostracized, and then they put like a sticker on you. It they did do that in in Nazi Germany to to the Jews. So, just very strange what's happening here. And the people who are just doing their job, that's that's a story we've heard over and over again throughout history. And the order followers and the people who are just doing their job, they're responsible for, for a lot of fucked up shit that's happened throughout history. But they were just doing their job, and that's justification for them. So, you know, think about it what you will. Very strange where we're going here. I've also seen pictures... um out of Israel where they, where they're really mandating the vaccine and making it necessary to do anything. Uh, certain people who have the vaccine, they have to carry around this identification and this certificate that proves that they're vaccinated. And then once they have that, they can go do like activities. They can go to the, um, like a movie theater and shit like that. And I even saw, uh, a picture from a beach in Israel that had, a, it was a beach chair and like printed onto the chair. It looked like it was like embroidered onto the chair. And it said reserved for people who have the COVID-19 vaccine. So in order to sit on this chair, you have to have the vaccine. It's very segregationist. It, it reminds me of a the water fountain, like reserved for whites only. Um type of thing. Just very strange and uh weird that this is happening in Israel and kind of ironic too, considering uh what happened in World War II with the Holocaust. So fucking weird stuff, man. Um right here, this is a, a clip talking about some of the, the technology that's going to be used with because of COVID nineteen. So and it's, it's to keep us in line and make sure you're wearing your mask and, and doing all that bullshit. I think this is from Motorola, some tech they're working on.
5: Welcome back. New video surveillance technology will be rolled out next month to help Australian businesses maintain social distancing in the workplace powered by artificial intelligence. The system includes contact tracing and COVID-19 mask detection capabilities without the need for a phone app.
2: As more Australians head back to the office and factories, a new tool will be activated on June 1st to make enforcing pandemic distancing rules easier. Developed by Motorola Solutions, this smart surveillance system will watch where people walk and where foot traffic is causing close contact. It will record it and report it for action. Artificial intelligence is doing all the heavy lifting, so real people don't have to watch hours of video. For example, if wearing a mask is a company policy, you'll be flagged by the system when you're not wearing one.
6: We take our role as practitioners of responsible AI very seriously and pay particular attention to designing products that empower decision makers and also design for privacy.
2: Surveillance tech can already easily track people in a crowd. Here's the system following a subject in yellow. It works the same way in COVID-19 tracing. Too close for too long, the system follows the trail like a detective. If successful, it could be a game changer in the battle to stop the spread of COVID-19 in the community
0: in Sky News. Yeah, I gotta stop the spread. I gotta stop that fucking spread. Wear that mask or else the robots are gonna get you. Maybe they'll install like some laser beams, you know, in like every corner of the room and then they could just zap you if you take your mask off or if it's like below your nose. Um, yeah. But most likely what they'll do is we're we're moving to this system where everything is going to be monitored and it kind of already is but now with covid it's coming more into the mainstream and it's being normalized you know it's the new normal as they keep saying um and then you know like what they're already doing in china with the social credit score it, uh, pretty much anything they do um if they speak out against the government if they post something on social media All this different type of stuff. If they don't use the crosswalk even, I don't know if it goes that far, but uh, this can all impact their social credit score. And then it could make it so they can't travel, they can't use the train, they can't get on a plane or a bus. And um, we're we're really moving towards that too here in the Western world and places like Australia. Obviously, that news article was from Australia. But this is really weird. dystopian kind of scary technology to to think that there's always a camera watching you and making sure that you're wearing a mask like fuck dude fucking sucks um i've heard stories of i think it was amazon having like these bracelets that you gotta wear and they're in order to enforce social distancing and then if if Two bracelets, they send off some signal. um, And then if you get too close to someone, if you get within six feet, an alarm starts going off. Fucking fucked up, man. I wouldn't work at a a company like that. Like, if they were going to implement that policy, I'd be out of there. No doubt. Fuck that shit. And we're getting to a point where you have to start making decisions like that and be like, this is fucked up. This is an infringement of my rights. I don't want to be owned by this company and watched all the time like I'm a fucking prisoner, essentially. Uh, and fuck this. I'm not going to work here. But obviously, we all got to have do something for money. You got to do what you got to do. Um, but you, you gotta kind of got to weigh out the, the pros and cons here. Um, but maybe we'll get to a point where the government mandates something like that. Like in order to even have a job, you have to have this technology in there. You have to have these cameras looking at you using their AI to make sure that you're wearing your mask. Fucking crazy that this is, this is where we're at right now. And people still think this is just cause of a virus. Like, nah, man, this is something way bigger, way bigger. It's a complete restructuring of society and the, the hugest power grab and the hugest transfer of wealth that has ever occurred in human history. This is the biggest thing that's ever happened. COVID-19 is. And I th- I think about this a lot and I've been pretty vocal about everything that's happened the last year. And that's why I do the these talks is to to just get this information out there and get people thinking about this in a way that they might not have previously considered. Now if you're listening to this show, you're you probably already kind of know what's up. Um because I don't know it's it's not easy to find this show. It's not like it's heavily promoted. In fact, I've never really promoted it. Um so if you found it somehow, you you already know what's going on. But there's a lot of people who I'm just kind of disappointed in like people in the underground rap community. There's a lot of people who know what's up. Like they're pretty they're smart people, they're intelligent, they know What's happening in society, they know what's going on with the government and on a bigger, you know, global level. And there really hasn't been many people who've come out and talked about this. Like people don't talk about COVID. And I know why. I know exactly why it doesn't happen. It's because these independent artists and most underground artists are independent. That's why they're underground. They depend upon um these like social media outlets in order to communicate with their fans and that's their that's their bread and butter that's how they make money um that's how they support their family and how they support themselves and they depend upon that they're they're dependent on shit like you know twitter Instagram mostly Instagram I would say these days uh facebook and and all of that. And then once you start talking about COVID-19 and exposing what's really going on, it's such a divisive issue and there's so much mind control that's going on with this right now and so much programming and literally every day, all day, that's all you get is COVID news and uh, fucking brainwashing, telling people to be scared and to hate people who don't wear masks and, and to hate like... And then there's the shit with the Trump thing, like the, the the division that that created. And there's so much fucking hostility going on right now and so many trigger issues that you really can't be real anymore. You can't fucking keep it real. And even though you know something is true and this is what you believe, people are just afraid to fucking say anything. And for one reason would be... um their business because you'd be sacrificing your business. You could be canceled. And if you don't have your social media, you don't really have a way to interact with your fans. Everybody is on it. So you don't want to lose that. And you don't even want to risk, um, you know, losing any part of that because most people aren't like decentralized. They don't have other outlets. And then there's also just the stigma that goes along with being a conspiracy theorist or being a COVID denier, as they call it right now. Even though, you know, a lot of this stuff is completely verifiable in the mainstream and you could see how much hypocrisy has been going on, how many times people like Dr. Fauci have went against their word that they had previously said and now it's something completely opposite. So that just brings into question the validity of the entire thing. If if you're just going back on what you already said, then you're fucking lying. Like what you're saying isn't legit. It's not legitimate. And there's a lot of examples of that and verifiable true stuff. You don't have to get into like the nanotechnology in the vaccines in order to be questioning the validity of this whole COVID-19 thing. There's a more terrestrial terrestrial, I guess, more palatable things for the for the normies out there in order for them to see what's going on. But nobody Hardly anyone's doing it, and I I really don't see many people um, speaking about it. And there obviously are a lot of people who just don't know. They're just they they don't do research into other shit. Um, But I think there's a lot of people who do know who just aren't saying it because they're afraid of of uh, losing their their way of living. And uh, to me, that's cowardly. I find it I find it to be cowardly. Um, I understand it. It's like a primitive urge to preserve your well-being and, uh, you know, it's like the the will to survive. If this is your way of making money and this is all you got and this is what you've devoted your whole life towards, you don't want to fuck it up by being a conspiracy theorist online, I guess. It's just disappointing because I know there's a lot of artists who know what the fuck's up. They're not saying shit and they won't say it because they're being pussies. Um, because to me it's like what's happening right now it's so important and if you have a platform where people hear what you're saying and what you're doing and you have the ability to impact them and to um you know get them looking towards something or or understanding something they might not have previously understood then you should be using that platform to to do what's right that's just what i think though um Maybe that's the reason why I won't ever get anywhere. (laughs) I'll be like, I have like 100 people listening to my music, which is not bad. I'm still thankful for you guys. Um, But moving on from that, really weird technology they have going on. Making sure computers, making sure your masks are on. Fucking bullshit. And you know what? Just one more thing I got to express is the way that self-checkout ties into all this shit. And this is something that like a connection that I don't see people make. But this is something that I think about all the time. Like whenever I go to the store, I remember when I was a kid and I'm not that old. I mean, I'm fucking 27. But I remember being like eight, eight years old being in the store. And uh, it was a really nice store. Fucking clean. Bunch of people working there. It was always busy. um, And you had somebody who scanned your items for you. Every checkout lane was open and you had someone who bagged it for you too. But now you don't have any of that. There's like maybe one checker in the whole store and even a giant store like Walmart, like they're notorious for this because Walmart doesn't care about you. They're trying to make more money. And uh, the less people they have working there, the less people they got to pay, the more money they're going to make. And that's just how it works with all these businesses. But they've really like uh desensitized us to being subservient to the machines with the fucking self checkout. Like I think this is a was the Trojan horse to get us taken over by the robots was self checkout. And that's that's something I don't see many people talk about, but fuck self checkout, dude. I was at the gas station the other day and they had self checkout in the gas station. And I had never seen that shit before. And it's so weird, and they're they're doing this thing now with the Amazon store where you can just walk in, fill up your pockets with stuff, you know, like you used to be able to do in the good old days and just run out and not have to pay for it, but now you can't even steal shit. You fucking, they'll charge you anyways because everything, they could just, got all these sensors and shit, RFID chips. So yeah, fuck self-checkout. If there was no self-checkout, I don't think people would be so... Open to this type of technology, but this is the way they, this is the way you sell something to someone and the way you advertise it to them. It's the same thing that people use in marketing. You offer somebody something that you want them to have for your own benefit, but you do that by uh, offering some sort of improvement or convenience to their life in some way. So with self-checkout, the idea behind it would be you don't have to wait in the line because everyone can just go scan the items themselves and it will be quicker. But, you know, most of the time it's fucking way slower because people don't know what they're doing, especially older people, and you can't really blame them and get mad at them. It's the stupid company's fault. And then you can't even blame them almost because maybe they can't afford to pay those employees. Maybe there's some sort of minimum wage law that makes it like uneconomical to to hire more people they just can't afford it and then that's the only way you can survive as a business is to replace people with robots so these these are the type of things that are happening and it's not an organic from the bottom up type of deal it's a from the top down agenda and the ultimate goal with it is to just get rid of people replace everyone with robots the the useless eaters just get rid of them and this whole covid-19 thing and everything that's going along with it and before that the and during it the um climate change agenda the whole sustainable development thing with agenda 21 and and just all these big organizations that everyone's a part of at the top it all has the same goal and it's a eugenics goal to reduce the population and uh get rid of the people who who they don't like and uh, they justify it to themselves and they have weird rituals where they burn effigies of fucking children in front of an owl and (laughs) do all kinds of weird stuff so this is what's going down and fuck self-checkout now, moving on there's this really weird thing they're doing in LA and I got this clip of this fucking ad it was like a cartoon for kids and it's just really strange just listen to it
5: There's never been anything like this virus in our lifetime. Often, it's hard to see the effects it's having on our children. Has this conversation taken place in your home?
4: Mom, I'm scared about going back to school. I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to get you and dad sick.
5: Our scientists tell us there are three things we must do to stay safe wear masks, make sure we social distance, and wash our hands. And now, your school, with the help of Microsoft Corporation, has created another.
0: <laughs> Microsoft. Introducing
5: Daily Pass your exclusive ticket for safely going back to school. Each week, you can schedule your free on-campus COVID test. The results are displayed in your daily pass. And if you choose to take your test off campus, you can post the results in your daily pass. And the moment vaccinations are available, you'll simply be able to schedule yours through your daily pass. But the real magic is your daily health check. Just answer a few simple health questions every day, and like magic, your entrance ticket appears. Welcome back. Welcome to
6: school. So, how did it go?
1: Dad, I have to admit, I was scared at first. But then I felt so
4: safe. It was so good to be back. Thanks for keeping me safe. I love you so much.
0: So, there you have it. Uh, Daily Pass is... Something developed with the support of Microsoft, it generates a unique QR code for each student and staff member that authorize, authorizes entry to a specific Los Angeles, fucking Los Angeles unified location for that day only. Uh, as long as the individual receives a negative test result for COVID, shows no symptom, and has a temperature of under 100 degrees upon an individual's arrival to a campus their qr code is scanned by a la unified school district site leader uh, who takes the individual's temperature so dude this thing's fucking nuts and that that weird little propaganda <laughs> commercial they had where it's the little kid talking with the music in the background and then as soon as they tar- start talking about science the music gets all happy like yeah fucking science Uh, Ah, it's disgusting. And this is already being used. It's going on right now. L.A. School District requires students to use COVID app to enter campus. And uh, this is going to, well, I guess they don't open until April 9th, but this is the plan to reopen schools. Everybody has to get a fucking COVID test, first of all. Like, weekly. It said you have to do a weekly test, so you have to have someone shoving that thing into your fucking nose, up into your brain once a week. And then uh, in addition to that, you still have to have your temperature taken and and have all of your data fed into this app. And this is, man, it's like what I played uh, last show. I don't know if that was last show or the one before it, but it was that doctor talking about When she went to that meeting and they were talking about um, this app they had where it used the health app in the iPhone and then they wanted to inject everyone with nanobots so they could track all of their health information uh, to get all their data and then, I don't know, be able to sell them stuff and do whatever, have more control, use it to their benefit in some way. But this is going on with our kids, you know, so um, man, I wouldn't want to go to that school. I wouldn't want my kids going there either. That's that's really messed up. That's a huge invasion of privacy and just some unnecessary bullshit where the only goal of it is is making a whole entire generation of people who are neurotic and obsessed. They have OCD like an obsessive compulsive disorder and they're like germaphobes and just you know pretty much scared of their own shadow at this point. And that's the effect you have on people. When all you do is fucking give them this propaganda about this virus, man. That's not even that bad. Really? (sighs) Meanwhile, the flu has disappeared. And (laughs) they're shutting down entire cities for some guy who tested positive for his sickness. But has no symptoms. He's not sick. He's fine. But we're going to keep everyone in their house. Two million people in their homes. For a week, because one kid came up positive for this virus with a 98.5% survival rate, if you do get it. Which has supposedly never been isolated. (laughs) Which you're supposed to take a rushed experimental vaccine for in order to get back to normal. But once you do get that vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask. You're still going to have to social distance. And everything will pretty much be the same, but... Well, and you could still get it, and you could still pass it on. But supposedly, if you get it, it's not as bad. But, you know, you might die after you get it and have an adverse reaction. And that's happened a bunch of times, but we don't really talk about that. Oh, and if you do have an adverse reaction, and you do die after getting this experimental vaccine, which was the technology of it was originally developed by DARPA, Uh, If you do die, the person who manufactured the vaccine, the pharmaceutical company which gave it to you, is not responsible at all and has no liability whatsoever if they kill you or if you become permanently disabled in some sort of way from their vaccine. So it's just amazing like all of these different things happening all at the same time and there's still people who just don't get it. They don't fucking get it, and they'll never get it. And if you try to talk to them about it, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist, and that's the way they dismiss you, and um, you're actually a threat to society at that point. You're a bad person, and you know there. we might be getting to the point soon where they'll actually lock you up for doing a podcast like this, or for even fucking listening to it, because they know everything you do on the internet, everything is tracked everything is cataloged what do you think those gigantic data centers are for that are that were built in you know they're being built all the time but in texas and nevada biggest ones in the world they're like giant fucking flash drives that store everyone's data everything you do all the time everything it's all fucking tracked and there's going to come a time where they're going to use all this dirt that they got on everyone they're going to use it. It's it's being collected for a reason. That's what I think. But until that day, you're going to have to get a COVID test each week before you go to school. How crazy, man. And especially in LA, like, there's some rough schools in LA. I don't know, man. A lot of schools already had metal detectors, though. People bringing guns and shit. Weird, weird stuff, weird stuff. But uh, not everything is bad. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's this doctor, um, it's Dr. Shannon Croner, and she talks about a way to to show people that you have religious exemption to getting the vaccine. Now, obviously that last clip wasn't about the vaccine, but I'm going to move towards the vaccine route here. Although I think that we're going to get to the point, and this is definitely being talked about, to where you can't go to school if you don't have the vaccine. Um, You can't go you know, like they're doing in Israel already. There's all you have to get the vaccine to fucking do anything, and that's the vaccine passport thing too. But this lady is just talking about how you can get resi- religious exemption for that. It's written into the constitution, and uh, you'll be fine. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you can travel. You can't fucking go anywhere. Um, but it's something, you know. So I don't know. Let's see what you think about it, Doctor Croner.
7: So I've created this coalition of different religious leaders of all faiths. So I'm working with rabbis, pastors, priests, we even have Buddhist monks, an imam who, um, despite the religious differences, they have all united on this one issue of protecting the freedom of choice for religious vaccine exemptions and to protect the religious vaccine exemption because so many mandates are coming out regarding either the COVID vaccine or the flu vaccine. Um, There's been many colleges over the last year who've been mandating their students to get the flu vaccine. Um, And now there are employers who are mandating their employees to get the, you know, either the flu vaccine or the COVID vaccine or both of them. And so what um, our organization has been doing is creating a network of all these different religious leaders who they are not anti-vax, but they believe in the freedom of choice. And so um, we've got, you know, pastors and rabbis and priests all throughout the country protecting uh, religious freedom, but more specifically, the religious vaccine exemption. Okay, so I kind of wanted to ask for people who are at home who might, may not know what to do and they're facing this type of challenge where they're working or where they're going to school, they're required to get a vaccine. What can they do? I know you said you had uh, some way that they could reach out to you guys and get connected there. So um, so our website is www4 Four. F O R org, and what um, if a, an employer or a college is mandating their um, employees or students to get either the flu vaccine or the COVID vaccine or any vaccine for that matter what people can do is actually go to our website org and download for free a religious vaccine exemption that has been written by our lawyers and um, then they take this religious vaccine exemption, which is, you know, under the First Amendment of religious freedom, and they get it notarized and turn it in.
0: So there are ways around it. There's things you can do. And uh yeah, my first choice would be to not work for a company and or not go to a school where that's required of me because I see that as being a, a breach of my privacy. But if you have to do it. Uh, you know, you, you want to stay at this job or you, you really want to pursue this education that you're going for and you've already devoted so much of your life to it, then yeah, it makes sense to to do it. And a lot of people will just take the vaccine, but um, there is a, a religious ex- exemption aspect to it. And uh, I think it's worth looking into if, if this is something that you're dealing with. So uh, it's a three-parter, so check it out. She'll continue.
7: And I would say eight out of 10 times, it works perfectly fine. Um, Sometimes an employer will come back and say they want more proof of what the person's religion is or what their religious beliefs are and why they are declining a vaccine, which really under the Constitution and our First Amendment rights, they're not supposed to do, but most people don't want to get into an argument with their employer. They don't want to lose their job. And so those people who the um, religious vaccine exemption was not working for, they'll come back to us and say, you know, my employer wants more proof. And with that, I'm able to actually connect them with the different religious leaders that our organization is working with, who will then speak with them, talk to them about their religion and and their beliefs, and then write uh, a letter for them to help them get their religious vaccine exemption.
0: Boom. So that's all you need. And you don't even really have to be a follower of whatever lit religion that they're talking about. You just got to have this guy vouch for you or, or woman or whatever, somebody from one of these churches that are uh, teaming up with this woman, this doctor, um, and they'll vouch for you and and then you should be good. Now, there is another aspect to this to think, too. If if your employer is prying and being like, well, what religion are you? And and kind of questioning whether or not you're telling the truth. This is an invasion of your privacy, too. And you could probably fucking sue them for that shit, too. Because that's a, a breach of your privacy. It's a breach of your First Amendment right, too, which is a freedom of religion, which uh, they say that... United States was founded with that in mind uh, to to get away from a government who made you believe in a certain type of religion and practice it. People were sick of that shit, so they came here. They fucking, you know, sailed all the way across the ocean into um the unknown and uh, did that because they cared about that. It was important to them. So, part three, Dr. Croner,
7: right now. And then one last question. So you were mentioning you're from California and that's kind of why you're passionate about starting this um, organization, you know, because they're starting via stricture with their vaccine mandates there. Is that right? Yeah. So in 2015, there was a bill that was passed called SB 277, which took away our philosophical and religious belief, our, our philosophical and religious exemptions uh, were taken away in 2015 and that passed. And then again, in 2019, there was SB 276, which then took away the medical exemption. So now kids who have, you know, specific allergies to certain things, or seizure disorders, or you know, some kind of neurological disorder, they were not able to get a medical exemption and were still mandated to um, get these vaccines in order to attend school. And so when that passed in 2019. I felt it was really important to take this fight to a national level and um, you could say even like a higher level, a godly level, which is where I, I start to reach out to priests and rabbis and and you know people of faith to really come together on this issue and protect our religious freedom and our First Amendment rights.
0: So, yeah, good for this woman for doing that. That's a, that's a big thing to do. And I remember when these laws were being passed in California because I'm right next to them. I live in Nevada. And um, I remember in 2015, originally, like, I was gonna go to um, this protest thing, this demonstration against that thing, which I didn't really know much about vaccines at the time, Um, but I was invited to go and it seemed cool. It seemed, like, interesting. So I wanted to go and then, like, we were driving there, and it was crazy snowstorm, huge blizzard, and couldn't get there. Had to turn the car around. There was a foot of snow on the highway, and it was, like, just going to get crazier and crazier as the night went on. So, it didn't get to go, and then, yeah, and then I remember the, the when they passed that other one, too, so... They're trying to do away with the religious exemption. They they really want to put these vaccines in you for whatever reason. And just given the history of the government, what they do, I don't quite trust them. And there's a lot of other people who don't trust them too. And they shouldn't trust them. In particular, that would be the African American communities, the black communities, communities of color, whatever they, they want you to call them these days. Um... Yeah, because there's something called the Tuskegee experiment where they gave all these people syphilis and, and were experimenting on these people. There's just a long history that uh, people should be weary of, especially if you're in that minority com- community because there's just – yeah, man. The government especially doesn't give a fuck about these guys. They they target them and, and try to fucking destroy them. So uh, – but this is who we want to give the vaccines first to.
6: The vaccination site at the Reggie Lewis Center is expanding, but its mission will not change. The site will now be a mass vaccination site.
4: But many of the appointments will be reserved for people of color. As WBZ's Paul Burton shows us, access to the vaccine isn't the only hurdle, though, for
6: these communities. Another mass vaccination site opens this weekend. This one at the Reggie Lewis Center in Roxbury. is all part of the state's comprehensive equity initiative.
2: To enable the vaccination to be distributed to all of our communities, especially those who have been um, most disproportionately affected by COVID.
6: Governor Charlie Baker said the state is second in the nation with respect to the percent of black residents who have been vaccinated. One of the biggest challenges has been getting people to trust the vaccine.
7: I'm providing information so that they can make informed, empowered decisions.
6: Dr. Shaza Slater, the wife of New England Patriot Matthew Slater, is senior vice president of a pharmaceutical and biological consulting company called LMK Clinical Research Consulting. Speaking alongside Moderna executives and doctors, she's been focusing her efforts on educating schools and community organizations of color about the vaccine, including the Epiphany School in Dorchester.
4: And I just gave all
7: that medical jargon, uh, translated it into English, into layman's (laughs) terms so that they can understand it for themselves and they would be able to make empowered decisions for themselves, the best decisions for them and their family.
6: Today is just the soft launch. Soon they'll be vaccinating 2,500 people a day. They're working with organizations within the community to make sure those who live in this area have access. Helping folks in the community feel welcome and (laughs) well-informed.
0: Yeah. Fucking sign me up. Let's get it, dude. They care so much about me. Fucking dope. See what they're doing here. There's this huge PR campaign to make it seem like there's kind of a, a scarcity thing going on. There's not enough vaccines. We got to get them and then, you know, they they make it seem like there's a huge rush to go get them and and that these that the black people are going to miss out on it. They're not going to get any vaccines and they're all going to die. And <laughs> they've been pushing this this thing this whole year about You know, like with the Black Lives Matter thing and just creating this racial division, definitely focusing on that and making it seem like everyone's racist and we're racist all the time. And uh, that's why we need to get the black people vaccinated first, communities of color, or they they say uh, vulnerable communities, whatever they want to say about it. And like, dude, these guys got to be like, fuck that shit. I don't believe this shit. Like, I'm not... You got to be suspicious of these motherfuckers. Like, oh, all of a sudden they care about me and they're, they they want to save me and give me a fucking vaccine. And you got to be pretty naive to believe that shit. And it's it's pretty fucking insulting and racist what they're doing here with this. And I think there is an ulterior motive to it, 100%. What the fuck are, is in these vaccines that they want to put into everyone, but especially the black people? We're, we're going to give it to them first because we care. Like, dude... Don't believe that shit. Fuck that. Ah, it's so racist and disgusting. But I'll tell you what, Wendy Williams ain't falling for it. Wendy Williams, the talk show host, she had Dr. Fauci on her show, and uh, she she gave him the old what for.
6: (laughs) So are you planning on getting your vaccine? No. No? No. I don't trust it.
4: I've never gotten the flu shot either, though. And you and I have talked about that. And several of the doctors on my team talked to me about, Wendy, we'll get the flu shot. I've never had the flu. I'm not getting a flu shot. I very rarely get a cold. I never have headaches. I don't take an aspirin because I feel my heart murmur or something like that. I'm not getting. No, I don't trust it. There, I said it.
6: Yeah. So let me go back to vaccines for a second, because what you say and believe is so (laughs) important. To a lot of people. I mean, millions and millions of Americans are going to say, Wendy Williams didn't get a vaccine, so I don't want to get a vaccine. So let me just ask you if there's anything that could happen that would make you feel comfortable. 10 million people get vaccinated without a problem. Your neighbor gets vaccinated a sibling. Your son gets vaccinated. Someone that's dear to you gets vaccinated and does well. That might make you think, you know, just to get past the hassle of having to lie on my back, recovering from COVID-19 or maybe not recovering. Uh, is not worth the risk that I might actually consider this vaccine.
4: I'm not getting the vaccine. Listen, 10 million people and more have the flu vaccine. (laughs) And how many people per year catch the flu? You know, uh, I
6: uh, no, I'm not getting the vaccine, Dr. Oz. I'm not.
0: Oh, that was Dr. Oz. I'm sorry, not Fauci.
6: And is there something in particular you don't trust about it? The fact that it was made quickly, the fact that we don't have enough follow up. What, what, What specifically is bothering you about it?
4: Doctors are really smart people, but doctors don't know everything. And that's been proven as well. I'm not getting the vaccine. Yes. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't get the vaccine, everybody watching. I'm just saying I'm not getting the vaccine.
0: Boom. Yeah, she told him. Sorry, that wasn't Dr. Fauci. That was Dr. Oz. So I thought that was pretty funny. Good good for her, man. Fucking to Say it, man. Fuck that vaccine. I ain't getting that shit. Ugh. Especially not from these racist ass motherfuckers. Just ugh. Gross. It's gross. Nasty, nasty. It's nasty people in this world. I tell you, don't fall for it, man. Don't be a victim. Uh Wendy Williams bump. I got some little articles to read to ya. This it Uh oh, something's playing here. I don't know what's going on here. Exit. Um, there's this kind of what I was talking about earlier with the that little bracelet that they have you wear. they they've already introduced that. Because I had heard about uh individual companies doing it in order to enforce social distancing. But Israel has is, has already got it. And it's called the Freedom Bracelet. Uh, this is from Zero Hedge it's called the freedom bracelet the tracking device launched as an alternative to quarantine israel has rolled out what is called uh, what they're calling the freedom bracelet a tracking device that will serve as an alternative to a two week quarantine for anyone entering the country from abroad and that's pretty hilarious that it's called the freedom bracelet when it's like the exact opposite of that uh, and there's there's a few videos that you can watch that um talk about it. I'll I'll leave a link to this in the bio. Uh, The device which looks like a smartwatch is being produced by a company called Supercom which has previously worked with governments of several countries on systems to track and monitor prisoners. The Freedom Bracelet which is used to track and monitor prisoners. Ordin Trebelzi the CEO of Supercom says we call it a Freedom Bracelet because we are not locking anybody up but rather giving them the opportunity to go home and be tracked by the government if they try to leave their house. Nobody's forced to do it, but for those who are interested, it gives them another option, which is more flexibility. Uh, So the choice is to be locked up for two weeks in a military-administered quarantine hotel or to take the tracking bracelet. So this has to do with, you know, if you travel... Into a lot of countries now, they do they force you to do a mandatory two week quarantine, regardless of if you have the virus or not. You know, you could have a negative test, multiple negative negative tests, and they're still gonna make you do the the two week quarantine. So <sighs> yeah, fucking crazy. The development comes at the same time as a court ruling demanding that the country's domestic spy agency, the Shin Bet, must back off COVID nineteen contact traking contact tracing surveillance the court ruled that the efforts are draconian and a threat to democracy in the country and can only be used in emergencies israel is also operating a two-tier society where those who have been vaccinated have a green past go where they want and those who haven't must stay under lockdown yep weird huh fucking weird Um, so you know there you have it it's already being used and this idea of the vaccine passport which was you know brushed off as a conspiracy theory for so long is now a reality and the other article mentioned well the other article was based in Israel and so is this one I believe too it says vaccine passports COVID's next political flashpoint and this comes from the New York Times and I believe this yeah this is from today Just a little while ago. Uh, A world divided between the vaccinated and unvaccinated promises relief for economies and families, but the ethical and practical risks are high. See, they they always preface every article and uh, just all the, it's all propaganda for the vaccine, from the vaccine companies, from the government, and, you know, for a purpose. So they make it seem like it's necessary, like you need this vaccine. And we just overlook all of those points that I listed earlier that, that just indicate that the virus isn't as serious as they say it is. And it, it, there's no reason why they should have shut down the economy in the first place. But but they make it seem like everything's, you know, we're all going to die and nothing can happen until you get this vaccine, this, this rushed experimental vaccine. And those are facts. that it, it is rushed and it is experimental. It has a picture of these people in this theater and everyone's wearing masks. And it says that at a theater performance in Jerusalem last month, uh, Israel reopened cultural hubs for people with vaccination certificates. The next major flashpoint over coronavirus response has already provoked cries of tyranny and discrimination in Britain, protests in Denmark, digital disinformation in the United States, and geopolitical skirmishing within the European Union. You see, any anything that just brings up facts about the vaccine, they called, call out as uh, disinformation. And just a little while ago, they were saying that the vaccine passport was disinformation and conspiracy theory, and now, look, it's fucking real. Of course. The subject of debate, vaccine passports, which are government-issued cards or smartphone badges, stating that the bearer has been inoculated against the coronavirus. Uh, The idea is to allow families to reunite, economies to restart, and hundreds of millions of people who have received a shot to return to a degree of normalcy, all without spreading the virus. But you're still going to have to wear your mask, and you're still going to have to social distance, and nothing's going to be fucking normal. (laughs) Uh, But it's for your own good, and it's to help you. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Some versions of the documentation might permit bearers to travel internationally. Oh, really? I get to go places? Others would allow entry into vaccinated-only spaces like gyms, concert venues, and restaurants. While such passports are still hypothetical in most places, Israel became the first to roll out its own last week, capitalizing on its high vaccination rate. Several European countries are considering following. President Biden has asked federal agencies to explore options. Thanks, President Biden. (laughs) And some airlines and tourism reliant industries and destinations expect to require them. So, you know, you've probably heard of this too. Can't go anywhere without it. And if that's the case, you know, fuck that. I just won't go anywhere. Uh, Dividing the world between the vaccinated and unvaccinated raises daunting political and ethical questions. Vaccines go overwhelmingly to rich countries and privileged racial groups within them. Granting special rights for the vaccinated while tightening restrictions to the unvaccinated risks widening uh, already dangerous social gaps. So, once again, bringing in the racist element to it and the idea of there being a scarcity and a special, um, what's it, like administering of the vaccines to only certain groups and the people who get the vaccine are so lucky they're so privileged and fuck dude they're just so lucky i'm so happy for them they must be their lives must be so great after the vaccine it's the idea of making it seem like it's just a great thing and you know i'm not even going to read this thing because the article goes on and on, explaining it, and it's long, and you probably don't want to hear me reading it this whole time. But I will leave the the link to it if you would like to read it yourself. They just basically go on to um, sell the vaccine. I do have this bullet point thing here that says, COVID-19 vaccines, what you need to know about the vaccine rollout. Providers in the U.S. are administering about 1.3 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines per day, on average. Almost 30 million people have received at least one dose, and about 7 million have been fully vaccinated. Uh, The U.S. is far behind several other countries in getting its population vaccinated. In the near future, travel may require digital documentation showing that passengers have been vaccinated or tested for the coronavirus. And, uh... Yeah, and then they have links to say, oh, are there any side effects, and, you know, what is the vaccine, and, but they'll never mention how it was, you know, it's an experimental technology, how it was rushed, how they've never been able to get this type of technology approved before because it didn't fucking work, but now because they have the emergency approval, they can do it, and it's just such an indication how you have all these big news outlets it's just blatantly obvious that they all work for the same people and they all have the same agenda because they never ask critical questions, they never try to figure out the truth. It's not about that. They're they're propagandists and they work for the pharmaceutical companies. Um more shit about the EU's plan for a vaccine passport. The EU will introduce electronic covid card COVID cards to allow those who have been vaccinated to skirt regulations and those who haven't to prove they have been tested. So from Rome, and this one's from the Daily Beast. It was originally published yesterday. The author being Barbie Latza Nadeau says, the European commission will introduce legislation paving the way for a digital green pass COVID-19 passport in March, with the goal of opening up travel for those who have been vaccinated. Key key phrase being, for those who have been vaccinated. Uh, the move, which has been criti- criticized for potentially discriminating against those for whom the vaccine isn't easily available. See, you notice how they, this is a common theme here, where they say, the only reason why people are questioning it is because some people might not be able to get it. Never... Never pointing out the fact that there's a lot of people who just don't fucking want it for, for you know, in general, in the first place. They don't want it. And why the fuck would you? It's not tested. <laughs> you know, it's not properly tested. They're experimenting in it with it on you right now. But they always frame it, every single journalist in the mainstream, they frame it as maybe somebody just won't be able to get it. Like there's not enough or they live in a place where everyone's racist and they don't want them to have it or something. And they're just operating on this, this false premise that the only reason somebody wouldn't have it is because for some reason they don't have access to it. And that's just not, it's a sales tactic. It's it's a They're already assuming ownership of it, that you want it. And this is something that you would do, like in car sales, right? that's something they teach you is you treat a person like they already own the car, like it's their shit. So then, the, you know, they... They feel more comfortable buying. It's a, it's a psychological ploy that's used to manipulate you into doing what somebody wants you to do. So once again, it says the move, which has been criticized for potentially, 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 for potentially discriminating against those for whom the vaccine is not easily available, was announced by Commission Chief Ursula von der Leyen on Monday. She said, "We will submit a legislative proposal in March." The aim is to gradually enable them to move safely in the EU and abroad for work or tourism. Um, And they're calling it the digital green pass. uh, And the aim is to prove that a person's been vaccinated, uh, prove the results of tests for those who couldn't get a vaccine yet. Once again, assuming ownership, saying that the only reason why you wouldn't have is because you just couldn't get it. You couldn't find it. Everyone wants it, and everyone needs to have it, and that's what's going to happen, you fucking slave. Um, and it goes on to explain this incredible fucking bullshit. And I'll leave the um, the link up to the article there. Now, this is the, really the, um, the icing on the cake. And it really makes sense after having read these other articles and listened to those clips where... Everybody who talks about it, everybody who's selling the vaccine to you is already assuming ownership of it and 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 making it seem like everybody wants it, everyone's going to have it, and that's the way it is. And there, there, you should ask no questions as to the safety of it or the necessity of it. You just fucking get it and shut up. And, you know, there's even the, um, indicators that you're going to have to get it every year, just like the flu vaccine. But now... What they're doing here, and and like I said, take into consideration the fact that there is no debate. There is no debate on this, and everyone has to take it or else you're a crazy person. There's this article from the Washington Post that just came out uh, on February 28th, and it says, it's an opinion piece. It says anti-vaccine extremism is akin to domestic terrorism. So this is what we're heading to here. And another thing to... um keep in mind, too, is what they've done with the Trump movement, too. You have this whole segment of the population which was mobilized under Donald Trump, and he had, like, the hugest following that I've ever seen, since I've been alive. People loved the guy, and people hated him, too. But now, since Donald Trump is out of office, and since everything happened on January 6th, which they're calling an insurrection, which it was nothing like that, it was some people walking around, like, inside the velvet ropes. It was no government overthrow. Um, There might have been a couple bad eggs who broke some shit, but it wasn't an insurrection by any means. Insurrection is what the CIA does all over the world. But since that happened, they've deemed this whole MAGA substratum of society into being, like, domestic terrorists And that's why they did that as a false flag event and it was all planned and the fucking FBI was in on that shit. It's fucking obvious, that January 6th shit. But now, they're also lumping in the anti-vaccine community. So basically anybody who's done their research, um, anybody with religious exemptions, anybody who might have allergies or something to some of the ingredients in the vaccine perhaps, um, they're saying that you're a domestic terrorist. So... The Washington Post, anti-vaccine extremism is akin to domestic terrorism. And it has a picture here of some, some protesters, some fucking lunatics outside a vaccination site. It says protesters hold placards near the entrance of the vaccination center at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. Um, and the guy who wrote this is a state senator for California and a pediatrician. And he is the honorary co-chair of readytovaccinate.org. Is that a fucking surprise or what? I wonder how much vested interest they have in these vaccines. Because, you know, they all do. Everyone who's fucking promoting this shit, they're all on the take. Or they're just extremely brainwashed. But I think the people who have a platform who are promoting this, um, especially the ones that are doctors, they, they get money for this. And it's a fact that vaccine companies send in their representatives into doctors' offices to get them to push certain vaccinations and certain treatments, certain drugs. And and a lot of these drugs have been incredibly harmful to people. They can be addictive. They can kill you. You know, people can have reactions. So, But we're going to listen to this guy who... (laughs) I don't fucking know. Fuck this guy. Anyways, I'll read a little bit of it. Vaccines don't stop viruses. Vaccinations do. This common public health saying... Means I've never heard that saying. This common public health saying means a vaccine does no good if we can't get it into people's arms. Insufficient supplies, natural disasters, and bureaucratic mistakes have slowed efforts, but the overall goal of vaccinating a large majority of the U.S. population may ultimately be hampered by the anti-vaccine movement unless steps are taken to limit its impact otherwise america may witness more scenes like the one in los angeles on january 30th when a mob of anti-vaccine protesters stormed dodger stadium notice notice the the verbiage here one of the nation's largest vaccination centers so the, these aren't concerned citizens who who might you know be very well educated on some of the possible harmful side effects of vaccinations especially experimental ones that have been rushed through and given emergency approval, they're not just concerned parents or, or um, citizens. They're a mob of anti-vaccine protesters who stormed Dodger Stadium. So immediately making the connection uh, with the Trump supporters, and you know, so because <laughs> because of uh, they supposedly stormed the Capitol on January sixth, right? And what what is the other um, indication that comes with being a Trump supporter? Because they're trying to make this connection here. Well, you're racist. So saying that anybody who is anti-vaccine is racist. But this is a tricky one because you have a bunch of people of the communities of color, as they say, who don't want the fucking vaccine either. <laughs> so are they racist too? How are these guys racist? But they, that's why they frame it in, well, they just don't have access to it because you know the government's racist or, or the rich white people are taking all the vaccines <laughs> and uh, making it so the black people can't get it. Because always creating this division, always this bullshit, but always with an underlying sales effort in everything too because they really want you to have the vaccine. Uh, these extremists succeeded in temporarily shutting down the site, delaying patients, many of them elderly, killing grandma, from getting their shots. The anti vaccine activists have told the LA Times that they intend to keep disrupting vaccination efforts. Uh, this campaign to deny potentially life saving vaccines to those seeking them and to poison public opinion against vaccinations could result in countless American deaths. That is akin to domestic terrorism. Public health officials, police, and fire departments must join hands with the common goal of securing vaccination sites for patients. But like the virus itself, anti-vaccine extremists are crafty at finding new ways to threaten people. So just look at the language they use here. It's an attack. This is an attack. And just a a total slander on anybody who uh, questions the vaccine and there's fucking doctors, a lot of doctors who are saying this is completely unnecessary and they don't want to get it. But they wanna paint everybody as an ignorant asshole and a racist and a Trump supporter or whatever, whatever they can do to to demean you, um, they they wanna lump you into that category. And assholes like this are the ones doing that shit. And they're gonna they wanna fucking lock you up and it says disruptions are possible anywhere the vaccines are being administered at sites large and small even at vac- even at pharmacies people are being harassed uh laws need to be strengthened to deter such actions we can still honor the first amendment and make sure people have access to vaccinations well that's contradictory because religious exemption is protected under the first amendment so if you're one of these you know, say you're a priest for one of these um, religious organizations, and you're telling your your congregation about the beliefs you have in this religion and how God says that you can't get this vaccination or whatever it is that it says, then you're you're a domestic terrorist. So, you know, it doesn't jive with the First Amendment. And what's scary about that is like this dude is in the government. You know, like he's not just some nobody or some reporter, he he actually gets paid by the taxpayer to do this bullshit. Um, It says, Laws have been in place for years, creating buffer zones to distance protesters from abortion clinics, uh, legislation that has withstood plenty of court challenges. L.A. is planning such a zone for Dodger Stadium. Uh, Surely similar laws can be enacted to discourage harassment of those seeking protection from a deadly virus. A major weapon of anti-vaccine extremists is the ability to organize disinformation campaigns on Facebook and other social media. Corporate owners of these platforms can moderate and close down groups that promote disinformation and endanger lives. Why don't these companies treat vaccine activists in the same way? So, you know, just typical fucking shit, man. Um, This stupid asshole being a douchebag. Um, what, you know, got to, it's kind of expected these days, ain't it? And it's not like they haven't been doing that. The, um, social media company, of course they have. Everything gets flagged. People's pages are being deleted. Everybody is getting fucked with on social media who is questioning the vaccine or COVID-19 in general. And like I was talking about earlier, that's why there's no independent artists talking about it besides like myself. And I think Chip the Ripper Chip the Ripper was, you know, he's pretty vocal about this shit and he's been shadow banned too, so. Yeah, man. Crazy stuff. But in lighter news, man, I've been talking for a while now, huh? Got a couple more things to share with you, though. Some things that are happening. Facebook is coming out with these glasses and they're called smart glasses. And you put them on and they'll be able to, like, play music and shit. But they'll also have a facial recognition capability. So Facebook is considering adding facial recognition support to its augmented reality glasses. The company is looking into the legal and privacy issues around allowing smart glasses to use facial recognition to identify people in the user's vicinity. Uh, Facebook is expected to launch its AR glasses at some point later this year. Porn's about to get nuts, man. 3D augmented reality just in a orgy at all times. Why not? Fuck it. Uh, Facebook is developing its augmented reality glasses that would compete against similar smart glasses for the competition, from the competition. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. Pretty weird, right? I didn't even know Facebook was making glasses like this. Uh... Very strange, and so it says, it's unclear when Facebook will launch its devices or what they'll be able to offer users, but a new report sheds light on a creepy feature that Facebook is considering. Uh, That is facial recognition that would be allowed on the AR glasses to recognize faces and display information on the screen about the people in the wearer's vicinity. So I guess you're walking around, and then like you see someone, and they... They just do an analysis on your face because they got all the, you know, all the pinpointed features like what Snapchat does, like how those filters work and stuff. They're all like categorizing you and creating your database and and they're integrated with these like AI um, facial recognition softwares. And like I wouldn't be surprised if all the fucking light poles, you know, you know how there's a camera on every stoplight? and like cameras fucking literally everywhere this is something that doesn't get talked about either like we'll argue about who's going to be president all day and how racist this guy is or this guy wants to raise taxes this and that but most people don't even notice the the like technological prison that is being constructed around them and just the the cameras that are everywhere watching everything you do and you do have this facial recognition technology which like why wouldn't the NSA use that shit? Or Homeland Security or whatever, whatever government fucking Department of Transportation, you know, they're all in cahoots, obviously. They're all part of the government. But um of course they're using that shit. Why wouldn't they? And another thing, like with the, the riots that happened over the summer, the Black Lives Matter things and the Antifa and and all that, like they know exactly who these people are and and what they were doing. For one one thing you can track someone's phone, everything can be triangulated, and and each phone has a GPS signal that's giving off all the time. But in addition to that, all of the security cameras got facial recognition software. So they're letting people get away with shit. If they didn't want them doing it, if they wanted them there to be repercussions, they would have it. Because... Uh, a lot of gang members know that if you're going to go do a drive-by or some shit, don't take your phone with you. If you're going to go do some dirt, if you're going to rob a house, do anything, do anything illegal, you you don't take your phone with you because that's how they get you. They they know exactly what you did. Or if you're going to, you know, like you kill someone, you're going to hide the gun somewhere, you just like take your phone with you and like, you're going to find everything. You know exactly what you're doing all the time uh but now your your homie will be able to do it when he's wearing his uh wearing his glasses very creepy, very creepy uh the executive has said nothing has been decided and explained that the current state laws might make it impossible for Facebook to offer the feature. Bosworth responded to a question from an employee during a company wide meeting on Thursday. The employee asked whether people would be able to mark their faces as unsearchable citing the potential for real-world harm and stalkers. So that is creepy. I mean, it's pretty creepy as it is, like, how invasive Facebook is and everything they know about you. Um, They know everywhere, like, you visited, um, on your device, all the different websites you go to. And that's the reason companies can have a targeted advertisement through using a pixel, a Facebook pixel is what it's called. And it's like an extension that you paste into the code of your website. And then anybody who has a Facebook or Instagram or any of that shit, because IG is owned by FB, um, they can see exactly like what pages you went to, how long you were there for. um, If you put something into your cart, uh, what, you know, what how long you were on each page all this stuff and then they could retarget you on Facebook with an advertisement so it's a super effective marketing tool like there's really nothing like it out there it's 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 pretty amazing from a marketing perspective but you know i think Facebook and all this shit was invented by the government for just for surveillance purposes knowing everything about everyone all the time now they're going to have these glasses i'm still waiting for the x-ray glasses I might cop me some of them motherfuckers. But in addition to that, fuel prices are going up. It costs an arm and a leg. Thanks, Joe Biden. And there's inflation. They're printing all this money. Trillions and trillions of dollars. Almost unfathomable amounts of money. And uh, that's the reason why it's a, it's a good idea to, to just look into the cryptocurrency market and uh, and try to figure out where the future of money is going. They have a system set up for us where they want us to go and it's looking like it's this blockchain Bitcoin stuff. Ethereum, Bitcoin, Cardano, whatever. There's all different types of technology that utilize this blockchain stuff. And uh, it's better to be early than late regardless of what the real agenda is behind it. I don't really trust the whole Bitcoin story but doesn't mean I wouldn't mind having a hundred Bitcoin or a thousand Bitcoin fuck could you imagine <sighs> anyways I got a couple more articles that I could read but I don't think I'm going to I think we've had enough fun for one day right there's just so much going on so much crazy stuff almost a year into the pandemic, and uh, my how our world has changed I look I think back on the past and like, man, we really took a lot of stuff for granted, didn't we? Shows, you know, music shows, being able to go on tour, these artists. The the live music industry has been hit really hard by this and it's really sad. Cause uh, it's a fun it's a fun time. It's cool being able to go out to shows, chill with your friends and go to these events. And now it's like you can kinda do some stuff, you get but you gotta wear a mask. There's all these fucking bullshit, stupid pointless unnecessary rules and we're so divided (laughs) at this time in this country more than ever before in our whole lives and then simultaneously with the COVID thing which was flipping everything upside down they had to create this political and racial tension to go along with it too just to fuck with us that much more and I mean anyone who can't see that that this is happening all in conjunction with one another for a for a greater goal, you just don't get it. You don't get it, and a lot of people don't get it by choice. And you could try for a very long time to make them understand, but at the end of the day, what this life is—it's an individual journey, and we're all at different points in our path and in a, uh, in our levels of understanding, and in what you want to understand. A lot of people just simply they don't they don't care, man. They don't they don't want to think about that kind of shit. Because it brings you down. And uh most people, a lot of people, are running away from reality rather than embracing it. And you see that manifesting with like what I talked about on the last show with um just the increase in the use of drugs and alcohol and uh, you know, antidepressant drugs or just smoking weed or whatever, you know? Or or escaping into entertainment as a form of getting away from yourself, you know, watching TV all the time, or uh hey, there's other things too, listening to music, listening to podcasts. And not to say that this shit is negative by any way, or by any means. Um it could be educational, it could be informational and all this. But people are always I think the hardest thing for us to do as people, as human beings, is to just live simply and to just be simple. Everything is so complicated. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it's just we make it complicated, um, but it, it doesn't have to be. We could live very simply and, and probably be happier, but we overcomplicate things and there's so much going on and we're so interconnected with one another and technology is moving so rapidly and the world is changing and we're all trying to keep up with it and it's driving us fucking nuts and that's why there's so much more mental illness going on right now and th- i think there's a there's a huge aspect of ourselves which we don't explore uh, the society that we live in this western world is it's focused on the external like everyone is living outside of themselves and they're they're always trying to escape this thing inside of themselves which which is uncomfortable to acknowledge and to examine. And that's your unconscious. And each person is actually two people. And, and an example of this would be the the person who you know from work at a job where you work at, his idea of you is completely different from what your wife thinks about you at home or what your kid thinks about you. You're a completely different guy to, to or girl to these people. And and you have to because you have to act differently. You don't act the same at work as you do at home. Or at least most people don't. Um so so we put on these different masks for for each other according to the situation that we're in. And we even put on a mask for ourselves. And these are the personas and the ego that Carl Jung talks about. And if you you're always in a mask in, in some way and you're you're always lying to yourself somehow. And they say that dreams give you indications into what your unconscious is thinking, this other half of you that's trying to make sense of the world and like battling with the ego almost and trying to bring things to light to it so you can be like a more complete person, a more happy person who kind of understands things better and then and then you get rid of these psychological issues. That are, that are making life rough for you and, and can have psychosomatic uh, symptoms that emerge from that. You can think yourself into being sick. And that's a fact. And, and there's a lot of research that backs that up. And you, it brings into question how much of this coronavirus uh, madness is responsible for, for coronavirus and, and people getting sick. It's just they think themselves into getting sick I haven't been sick in a year, I know that, that's cool, hopefully I keep it up, but I also haven't been worried at all, and it seems like the people who are the most worried, who follow the, the strictest guidelines, and are the first in line for the vaccination, and always wearing a mask, and you know, whatever, social distancing, they haven't left their house in a fucking year, those are the ones who get sick, it's just ironic, it's very weird. But yeah, I think it just uh, society in general, you look around and you're like, man, everything is fucking backwards. It seems like everything is wrong. And uh, I don't know, what can we do to change this? It seems like just so weird. Weird stuff. I don't know if that makes sense at all. But uh, actually, I'm going to leave you with, instead of a song for the end of the show, I'm going to leave you with this this clip from from Carl Jung, talking about what's going on way back in the 60s. I think it was. Maybe it was before that. I don't know when the guy died. He's he's an old-timer, but the guy is very, very smart. And um, this is Alan Watts reading a passage from Carl Jung. So uh, listen to it, see what you think, and I'll be back next week with another episode. Have a good one. Peace out.
1: And I want to read a passage from one of his lectures which I think is one of the greatest things he ever wrote and which has been a very marvellous thing for me. It was in a lecture delivered to a group of clergy in Switzerland a considerable number of years ago and he writes as follows. People forget that even doctors have moral scruples and that certain patients' confessions are hard even for a doctor to swallow. Yet the patient does not feel himself accepted, unless the very worst in him is accepted too. No one can bring this about by mere words. It comes only through reflection and through the doctor's attitude towards himself and his own dark side. If the doctor wants to guide another, or even accompany him a step of the way, He must feel with that person's psyche. He never feels it when he passes judgment. Whether he puts his judgments into words or keeps them to himself makes not the slightest difference. To take the opposite position and to agree with the patient offhand is also of no use. Feeling comes only through unprejudiced objectivity. This sounds almost like a scientific precept and it could be confused with a purely intellectual, abstract attitude of mind. But what I mean is something quite different. It is a human quality, a kind of deep respect for the facts, for the man who suffers from them, and for the riddle of such a man's life. The truly religious person has this attitude. He knows that God has brought all sorts of strange and inconceivable things to pass, and seeks in the most curious ways to enter a man's heart. He therefore senses in everything the unseen presence of the divine will. This is what I mean by unprejudiced objectivity. It is a moral achievement on the part of the doctor, who ought not to let himself be repelled by sickness and corruption. We cannot change anything unless we accept it. Condemnation does not liberate. It oppresses Uh, I am the oppressor of the person I condemn, not his friend and fellow sufferer. I do not in the least mean to say that we must never pass judgment when we desire to help and improve. But if the doctor wishes to help a human being, he must be able to accept him as he is. And he can do this in reality, only when he has already seen and accepted himself as he is. Perhaps this sounds very simple but simple things are always the most difficult. In actual life, it requires the greatest art to be simple, and so acceptance of oneself is the essence of the moral problem and the acid test of one's whole outlook on life. That I feed the beggar, that I forgive an insult, that I love my enemy in the name of Christ, all these are undoubtedly great virtues. What I do unto the least of my brethren, that I do unto Christ. But what if I should discover that the least amongst them all, the poorest of all beggars, the most impudent of all offenders, yea, the very fiend himself, that these are within me, and that I myself stand in need of the arms of my own kindness, that I myself am the enemy who must be loved, what then? Then, as a rule, the whole truth of Christianity is reversed. There is then no more talk of love and long-suffering. We say to the brother within us, Raka, and condemn and rage against ourselves. We hide him from the world. We deny ever having met this least among the lowly in ourselves, and had it been God himself who drew near to us in this despicable form, we should have denied him a thousand times before a single cock had crowed. Healing may be called, Jung says, a religious problem. In the sphere of social or national relations, the state of suffering may be civil war, and this state is to be cured by the Christian virtue of forgiveness and love of one's enemies. That which we recommend with the conviction of good Christians is applicable to external situations, we must also apply inwardly in the treatment of neurosis. This is why modern man has heard enough about guilt and sin. He is sorely beset by his own bad conscience and wants rather to know how he is to reconcile himself with his own nature. How he is to love the enemy in his own heart and call the wolf his brother. The modern man does not want to know in what way he can imitate Christ but in what way he can live his own individual life, however meagre and uninteresting it may be. It is because every form of imitation seems to him deadening and sterile that he rebels against the force of tradition that would hold him to well-trodden ways. All such roads for him lead in the wrong direction. He may not know it, but he behaves as if his own individual life were God's special will which must be fulfilled at all costs. This is the source of his egoism, which is one of the most tangible evils of the neurotic state. But the person who tells him he is too egoistic has already lost his confidence, and rightly so, for that person has driven him still further into his neurosis. If I wish to effect a cure for my patients, I am forced to acknowledge the deep significance of their egoism. I should be blind indeed if I did not recognize it as a true will of God. I must even help the patient to prevail in his egoism. If he succeeds in this, he estranges himself from other people. He drives them away, and they come to themselves as they should, for they were seeking to rob him of his sacred egoism. This must be left to him for it is his strongest and healthiest power. It is, as I have said, a true will of God, which sometimes drives him into complete isolation. However wretched this state may be, it also stands him in good stead, for in this way alone can he get to know himself and learn what an invaluable treasure is the love of his fellow beings. It is, moreover, only in the state of complete abandonment and loneliness that we experience the helpful powers of our own natures. When one has several times seen this development at work, one can no longer deny that what was evil has turned to good, and that what seemed good has kept alive the forces of evil. The demon of egoism leads us along the royal road to that ingathering which religious experience demands. What we observe here is a fundamental law of life, enantiodromia, or conversion into the opposite. And it is this that makes possible the reunion of the warring halves